Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. It's Dave here and Darren over there. We're your two old bloggers. Been talking publicly about the Minnesota Vikings for over two decades apiece. That's right, a long time. And we're here to <laughs> discuss them even more. Today, we have three themes as usual. First one, Vikings minicamp, fact or fiction. That should be an interesting one that Darren brought up. Second one is, will the competitive rebuild actually work? Quick hint, I think so. And the third one is our rookie spotlight of the week. And we are now to Makai Blackman, cornerback out of USC. And can he make a difference, especially in his rookie season? We will all find out next on Two Old Blockers. Vikings First and Skull presents... This week in Vikings land with Darren and Dave, your two old bloggers. Hey, everybody. Dave here again. Darren over there. How are things in the great white north, Darren? Nice and not nearly as hot as it is where in Austin, Texas. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And to answer your question, Mary, it is presently 101 degrees with 112 degrees. Feels like temperature and a dew point of 71 degrees, which is tropical. When you walk outside, it feels like you're walking into an indoor pool. It is so thick and oppressive, but Mm. it is beautiful here. So I'm not going to knock that. What's a little heat when uh, between friends, especially the military types like myself that has spent 
months and months and years in the desert. This is nothing. We can knock it out. Not a big deal. Happy Father's Day to you, Dave, and all the other fathers out there. At U.S. Bank. Yes, it is Father's Day for all of us here, and we wish, both Darren and I, to extend a happy Father's Day to all you gentlemen out there that uh, were fortunate enough to have children. They are a blessing, especially once they hit about 25. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and you're not paying for their school anymore and stuff like that. <laughs> well, when they, especially when they start having kids, they have grandkids. That is really cool. Um, yeah. But yes, no, I love my children. They are wonderful. Best part of me. So anyways, let's get this show started. Starting with theme one. But what a great title name. I want to give a shout out to Darren for coming up with that. Minicamp, fact or fiction. And now that I scroll down to the scene control. Here we go. Ah, Minicamp thoughts. Indeed, Dave. uh, This week, the Vikings... Had two days of mini camps, uh, another Im- important or se- uh, important date on the Vikings offseason calendar, and it's important because the media gets to watch some of the practice. You know, they're at least in in for a portion of the both practices, so if not all, and, and so they get a chance to write stories and give us fans who aren't there a, a, a flavor of what they saw, like who's playing where, who's with the ones, who's with the twos, anybody's uh, standing out. Um, those sorts of things. And uh, and so a little bit of Vikings news for us and a little bit of on-field action to to whet our appetite for training camp. And uh, so what the the, uh, the the beat writers didn't see was no Daniil Hunter. That was the first thing. Uh, not a surprise, of course. We knew he wasn't going to be there. Uh, you did a show earlier in the week with, with, the, with the Rio Forno. Um, and uh, went on a big rant <laughs> about that whole thing. So check that out if, if you want. But uh, the uh, you know not a surprise. And uh, we knew Daniel Hunter was not going to be there until his contract situation is resolved. Uh, isn't resolved yet. And uh, so not a big surprise. But still, for me, it, while it's not a big surprise, it is a big concern uh, because I, I think Quasi, in my mind anyway, he's got about a month, a little bit over a month to get this. I think resolved um, either and resolved either you get a hunter, a contract um, extension that everybody's happy with and he stays with the Vikings, or of course you don't and you trade him away and somebody else gets him, signs him to an extension and we get whatever hall of draft picks we get, or, or it could be a combination of draft picks and players. We don't know, but that would be the way to resolve it. Um, and what we don't want to see or what I don't want to see is that, in that month and a half. Now the Vikings don't have to resolve it in a month's time. They can let this drag on, but I don't personally, I don't want to see it drag on until training camp because I think that would be a horrible way to start the Vikings training camp because the main story is going to be where's Daniel Hunter. All the players are going to have to ask, get asked about it and, and, and deflect questions. The coaches, Kevin O'Connell is going to have to answer to it. Quasi Dofomensa is going to have to get, you know, answered to that. And I think that it's going to take away 
attention from the things that I think really are, are you know, matter a bit more or just as important as the on the field stuff. Like how is Alexander Madison doing in the number one running back role? Um, you know, how's the corner situation working out? Is, uh, you know, is Jordan Addison looking like he'll be a, a real explosive, dangerous compliment to Justin Jefferson? Those are the questions that I want the, you know, I want some answers to, I want the focus to be on that. I don't want it to be on Daniil Hunter's contract situation. Cause again, I don't think that's a good way to, to start your training camp and coming off a 13 and four season and you're defending the NFC North. You don't want all the talk to be about Daniil Hunter's contract and why he isn't here. And what are you going to do about it? So hey, that, that was crazy needs to figure this out. No matter what it's, this is his first big test. I would say, um, of his tenure, and he needs to figure it out. Is Daniil underpaid? Yes. Did did Daniil sign that contract? Yes. Does he deserve to be paid more? Yes. Now, was the the patch that was reported of you know, hey, we'll just do the band aid thing, and get you through this year, and that tend to piss him off? Was that a good thing? Well, probably not. But is rumors that Daniil's asking for the sky, wanting to be the, you know, a, the highest paid edge rusher or close to it, is that good? No. So this, yeah. this is going to be interesting. He's under contract, right? No matter what, he's under contract. Yeah. So he can refuse to play, and that will cost him. Because if he refuses to play and that goes, and he'll receive fines upon fines, through training camp, as I understand it. And then once the game starts, he'll not only not receive his game checks, but the Vikings will be able to pull back bonus money that they've already given him. And that's presently there. So that's motivations for him to be there, no matter what. Now, hopefully they come up with a deal in the next few weeks, and we all hear about it, and everybody's all happy and good. And if we got Daniil Hunter you know, locked for the next three, I would like to see a three-year extension. Um, on top of this year, and everybody would be happy. But I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Yeah, the, you had, you had Kevin O'Connell's uh, photo up there a little bit earlier, and he got asked about it, of course. And he said that he felt that uh, you know he's hopeful that there's a there's a there's a way forward where Daniel Hunter it remains with the Vikings this year and in future years. Uh, but we also said in this show, there's the old saying that I repeat sometimes is that hope is not a plan. Uh, <laughs> so you've, uh, again, like you said, quasi has got to figure this out. Uh, and it's going to be, it's going to be that it's that last piece of that off season puzzle that he's got to, got to solve. Uh, you know, Dalvin cook's been resolved. Uh, maybe not the way we wanted it to as far as, cause we didn't get anything for him, but, but he's gone. Zedaria Smith was traded and then blah, 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 blah. They, so they, you know, Kendricks is gone. Adam Thielen's gone. Daniel Hunter is the last, you know, piece of the off season and that, that he's got to get figured out. I guess the good news is that Daniel Hunter, we didn't see, we did see Justin Jefferson. Yes, we did. Denis, that that was big. Of course, he got asked about the contract situation, which he deflected. Good for him. I think you know maybe he's in a little bit different situation than Kirk Cousins. But Kirk Cousins again, he got asked about it, and I think Kirk uh, he'll you'll get asked about it more. But Kirk handled it 
you know, the good way. He said, well, you know, I don't think it's going to get solved until March. So we're just going to play. And, <laughs> and so I think that that, uh, that, you know, if that's his line, that that's a good line. Justin Jefferson kind of just said, Hey, you know, contract's going to get brought up. I leave that to my team. I'm just going to be me. And he kept on saying a version of that when he got asked about it, which, which is fine, but still he did say, Hey, I'll be there at training camp. And a few weeks ago and, and in the off season, I was worried. I thought that, Justin Jefferson, even though he is under contract for two more years, uh, he's not getting paid very much considering he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And I thought that he might not set, set foot in the Vikings turf for, for the mini camp or training camp until he got that extension. And maybe this is why, Dave, that the Daniel Hunter situation hasn't been resolved because maybe, you know, the Quasi's trying to work on that megabucks extension that Justin Jefferson is going to get from the Vikings at mm-hmm. some point in time. Uh, so, you know, maybe he's trying to, you know, he's got to sort those financials out with two players who want a pretty significant um, salary uh, contract, um, you know, contracts well, you gotta, to you gotta think it's continue with the two. That, yes, that's true. You know, Jefferson's the big one. Jefferson's going to get the Brinks truck. No matter what. So you got to take that. And how and Brzezinski needs to work his magic. Davy mentioned Brzezinski coming to the rescue. Brzezinski's going to have to work his magic over the years, right? We have Jefferson under contract for two years anyway, so there's a little bit of time to play with that. But it's cheaper if we do it early. So yes, um, but you have Jefferson, you have Daniil Hunter to figure out if you weren't going to make him fix or stick. Whether you're going to make a decision on. TJ Hawkinson, which I think you would, you gave a second round pick for him, and he looks to be a top five tight end in the league. Why wouldn't you? And then you get Darisaw next year that you're going to have to figure in his extension and any other extensions you want to do after that. If they want to extend Cleveland, not that we've heard anything about that, say, per se, you're going to have to figure out how to work this. Some of it, you may move money forward. Some of it, you may push money back. And back end load it, then throw on top of that. What happens if Kirk Cousins plays well this year? Right, you've got to yep. do all that contingency thinking of where we're going to put each and every dollar before possibly even going back to Daniel Hunter and saying, "Hey, here's our top of the line offer. You're going to take it or you're not. Either way, you're playing for us this year. Other other than that, you're a free agent. And you leave next year, and we get a comp pick." Because he doesn't, well, no, that's not true either. He does have dead money. And if you have dead money in void years, you don't get the comp pick. Yay. Mm-hmm. Eight dead money void year contracts. And I know uh, Justin does as well. First off, I want to say hi to everybody that's on the chat. David Rinaldi, Italian name, Dr. Proto, Mary, Raymond, of course, Skull for Life, Davey, Justin, I already mentioned. And who else am I missing that popped on here? Mr. Bob Swede. And we get, we got, of course, the doctor. Skull for life. My worthless opinion. Everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are glad to have you on this happy Father's Day. And we hope we are making a little bit better and talking about some positive things in and not always not so negative. I have faith that Brzezinski and the crew can make all this stuff work. 
So, and uh, yeah, and, and and Justin Jefferson saying that yeah, I'll be at training camp was like a uh, a huge sigh of relief for me, Dave, because uh, you to you know if imagine if you go into training camp and Daniil Hunter, your best defensive player, is not there, and then your best offensive player, Justin Jefferson, isn't there. That would be a horrible, horrible way to start training camp. And, you know, as you're trying to, again, defend the NFC North and build on a 13 and four season from last year, it would just be horrible. But that that does not appear to be happening. It appears that Justin Jefferson is prepared to, at least for now, play in 2023 on the 2.4 million that he's scheduled to make. And uh, so that was the the good news, uh, you know, part of the good news from from the weekend and from the week, the two days of OTAs, Justin Jefferson being there and looking happy as it could mm-hmm. be and, and catching balls because he's and he said he was asked about why he wasn't there. And he said, hey, you know, I had a lot going on, a lot of endorsements, something that a little bit concerning. You know, I want him to be focused on football, of course, but he, he does have other yeah, things he, that he he's concerned on making money outside of Yes. With yes. Foot, and that, that's a good thing. I yeah. And you know he was working out in South Florida. He's not out of shape. Oh, yeah. Look at the picture. No. That's from this OTA. You can see the new tattoo on his leg. Um, you can't see it clearly, but you can see that it's there. Yeah. So and he, yeah, he's been working out. He's been working out, and he said I had a lot going on. The Vikings didn't really try hard to make me come to OTAs, and I didn't think I was missing too much. So, but I'm here now, and I'll be here at training camp. So that's all good. And as far as the the OTAs, you know, the fact the fact and fiction thing was, you got two days where the Vikings are the media's in there. They're looking at and they've got on field work seven on seven, eleven on eleven. You know, different drills, and so you do get to see again. Uh, certain who's playing with who and who's with the ones and who's with the twos and how they're matching up with things. I don't think that, again, you can take a lot out of two days in OTAs. The Vikings or uh, coaching staff are probably just trying guys in different positions, see how they react to that and, and then and, and go from there. But a few things that caught my eye from a couple of the reports, Will Raggett's from Sports Illustrated, he mentioned that uh, Jake and Roy was getting some work with the ones, which I thought is interesting. Again, don't know how much to take out of that, but we do know that the Vikings defensive line is not brimming with top end talent. Uh, they could use a disruptive or two player in there who can make some plays. And so if Jake Lenroy is showing in minicamp already that he is worth putting in there, maybe that says a bit about who we already got and they're not very good, but, but it's encouraging to me because <laughs> I like, Horace, I, I like the, Jaquelin Roy is could be that next person that steps up and is uh, big for the Vikings. I hope so. Um, and you know, it, I I like the pick when we made it. I just didn't know what kind of impact Jaquelin Roy is going to have in his first year. But encouraging to see that he is making a push already, at least uh, you know, with the ones. Uh, also, there was mention that Vidarian Low. The sixth round pick last year, who basically took a red shirt year as a rookie last year, barely dressed, that he was take working with the ones at some time uh, with Brian O'Neill at right tackle, with Brian O'Neill still out with the partially torn Achilles. Now, it also, uh, Will Raggetts did say that Oli Udo took most of the one snaps, but still Vidarian Lowe. He's a guy I think is a good a depth piece. I'm ex- we were expecting or hoping that he would take a leap and, and make him more and be more of a viable option depth wise. So I think encouraging that maybe he is showing the coaching staff that he's worthy of 
being thrown in there with the ones or being in the mix as a, as a guy you can throw in if somebody gets hurt. As a um, and yeah, the, say Yeah, as, uh, as a back. Kirk Cousins talked about how good Ole is playing, right, at right tackle, and he is most definitely a right tackle versus left, and, he, and he's doing well. And obviously they gave him a break to bring uh, Vidarian up. But Vidarian is the young guy, you know, that can hopefully yes. take that step and fall into that position probably next year. But if necessary, yeah. if O'Neill is late and you have Udo working it right and Udo gets hurt, you need somebody there. And I think that's where Lowe fits in, and they want to make sure that he's ready for that. If, you know, that goes worst-case scenario and he has to come in, they want him ready. And I think that's good. Yeah. It is a good plan. Uh, and the other thing that caught my eye, of course, is cornerbacks. Dot, 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 dot. And uh, the, the, the apparent, on day one, the top three corners were you had a Caleb Evans on the outside with Makai Blackman, the rookie on the outside, and then Byron Murphy was working in the slot. Uh, and those are the top three. And it looks like Andrew Booth Jr. is solidly right now the number four corner with no role on the starting 11 at, at this point. Uh, so, again, don't know how much to take out of this, but um, again, like I mentioned, I think last week or the week before about looking for Andrew Booth Jr. You know, I'm looking for him to like start to make a push for more snaps and a bit concerning to me that he is not ahead of a Caleb Evans and apparently maybe not ahead of Makai Blackman even. Although again, you want the best guys out there. I don't care who plays well. If they're an undrafted free agent, a seventh rounder, a third rounder, a second rounder or whatever. I just want three or four guys who play well and, and can stop the other team from completing passes against us. So whether it's Andrew Booth Jr. or Caleb Evans or Makai Blackman, don't care. But still, I expected a lot from Andrew Booth Jr. He did have a strong start to training camp last year. And to see that he's not getting in there and not unseating some of these guys like a Caleb Evans or Makai Blackman, I, I just noteworthy to me. As well it should be. I mean, you hope that uh... – the top picks in the draft live up to their pick placements, whether it be Booth or whether it be Seen, and neither of those two yet have stepped up and moved into what seems to be the starting realm as of right now. So, and, 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 and they're starting positions for the taking there for both of them, and they are not taking it at this point. You got that right. So that brings us to theme two. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Come on.
competitive rebuild. Will ah, it- yes. Will it work? Um, I don't know if we remember when Quasi Dofamensa used this phrase last offseason, might have been in February or March or something like that. Uh, but I don't know, maybe he did, but I don't know if when he when he uttered that phrase, Dave, I don't know if he realized that um that it was going to have the shelf life that it has had. Uh, I just, it just keeps getting brung, brung up by national media, by Vikings beat writers, by fans like ourselves. And um, it's kind of like become that phrase. It's had the shelf life similar to what uh, I'm going to throw in a basketball example here now, but um, Sam Hinkie, the ex Philadelphia 76ers GM, when he was tanking the 76ers and like the, in the mid 2000, 2013, 2014, he was just getting rid of players, bringing in guys for salary cap and, and, and creating a, getting a ton of draft picks. And he called it the process. And that's still used today with the 76ers, even though they become one of the better teams in the NBA, but uh, I can't believe but, how many memes I found on <laughs> looking up for a picture of this guy. <laughs> He has so, it, but the competitive rebuild hasn't quite hit the process level yet. But it it has had a long shelf life, and I think part of that is because it's when Quasi Dofa Mensa brought that up, he was he was bringing out something where he was trying to have his cake and eat it too. I think where yeah, we're going to turn over the roster, but we're still going to have a good team while we're doing it, and that's not the way that we traditionally view these. These, you know, what it, when a GM comes onto a team, we think they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to build up the roster, acquire guys, sign guys to extensions, so to keep them competitive in the playoff hunt and compete for a Super Bowl, or they're going to do basically strip the roster bare because they don't think that they can get to the Super Bowl and you know put it down to like the the nuts and then build up from there and then you hope you acquire you have you and the expectation is that you're going to struggle for a year or two but you're going to gather a bunch of premium draft picks which you're going to use to pick guys that are going to become cornerstones for your team and also you get a load of cap space available which allows you to sign free agents that you want that can maybe quicken the rebuild that's what the chicago bears have done with ryan poles and they did it or at least that is not yeah. trying to whether it's successful or not we'll see but that's what ryan poles has done in chicago that is not what quasi adolfo mensa has done with the minnesota vikings and you know part, part of the reason why he didn't do that a big reason is that the the wilfs ziggy and mark gave him a mandate that we want to be competitive in 2022 uh quasi and every other year and so if that's your mandate and you accept the job as the gm of that team you have to follow that mandate and you can't strip the roster bare like Ryan Poles did. And so Quasi Adolfo Mensa has not, did not do that. And then, but in then 2022, you get a team that goes 13 and four and wins the NFC North title. And you know, everything looks, looks his, he looks, looks pretty good. I think. Well, I think part of that mandate for 2022 in particular was bring, bring everybody back and let's see if it was the coach and the GM of the previous administration that caused it. Right. So they did that. They went 13 and three. Now that they've proven that, they said they've given them a little bit more of a leash to, all right, now you can start your quote competitive rebuild. You started it a little bit last year. You can go full in on it. And that's why we see instead of the old traditional way is we went 13 and four. 
we got to bring everybody back again and just, you know, fix where was the worst spot? We go, well, we'll fix that one. We'll throw, you know, a veteran free agent at it or something like that. And then we've done that for what, 15 years or better. And it never seems to work out. Always something else fails or everybody and his brother gets hurt or whatever it is. It never seems to work out. And I think this season they said, all right, now you can start that movement. And thus all the old timers gone. Kendricks, Peterson, um, you could list a bunch of them that are gone. Now the latest Dalvin Cook. Not that you want to call him an old timer, but I think he's at that point in his career where he's starting to right. And the only one they've kept so far is Harrison Smith. And he took a huge pay cut for that. The only yep. other one they might keep, depending on how they work it out, is Daniel Hunter. And hopefully they do. But everybody else is basically gone. And this will probably continue into next season as well. Say Hicks, right? They've got Hicks back there as a starting linebacker. If Hicks play does not improve and you have step up by Asamoah and maybe some of the younger guys, you might see Hicks go next season. You might see, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins go next season, stuff like that. But I think Hicks is only under contract for two years anyway. So this is the last year of his contract. Uh, But, but yeah, the, uh, with the way, you know, you know, so Quasey didn't tear things down in 2022. Like you said, was it, uh, it, it, you had a team that went eight and nine, uh, and was around the 500 mark for two years. And so the question was bring, you know, you don't feel you need a full rebuild because again, maybe it was the coach and GM and a different coach and GM will lead to different results. And it did. Uh, but I get long-term, the question is whether you're going to, whether that, that continues. And, now that the Vikings went 13 and four and won the NFC North title, like Quasey, if the team had stunk last year, I think Quasey would have really been scorched earth. Like you, you would be able to do that, but they didn't do that. They were actually pretty good. Uh, so even though the team, even you, when you watched them, we did, uh, even though the team clearly was not like Super Bowl contender, I don't think, despite their record, uh, you, you the, like the Wilfs and the fans aren't going to accept you taking huge like a roster purge and taking three or four steps back to be a sucky team in 2023 after what you won the division title in 2022 that's just not going to happen but still uh, like kevin seifert wrote an article this week on espn and and it he brought up a few things which some of which i knew and some of which i didn't know it kind of shows that even though the re, the competitive the rebuild part of the roster maybe hasn't happened as quickly as we expected, like it all happening in 2022, it is happening. And one of the things he mentioned is, and his article kind of talked about how Quasi Dofamensa is towing a you know a, a line with trying to keep the team competitive, but also turning over the roster in his vision and what he wants to see. But 14 of the 22. Viking stars that he inherited from the Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer days are gone now. That's 64% of the starters. So that's a significant turnover. Uh, So in that sense, you can see the Vikings are rebuilding the roster and they haven't stayed pat. Um, The other thing, which I didn't know. The average is about you lose a third every year. Yeah. Um, Hi, Jonathan. Uh, One thing that he, uh, Seifert also mentioned, which I did not know was that, now, there's a, some things that still need to be worked out depending on the Justin Jefferson extension, 
what they do with Hawkinson, even with Kirk Cousins after 2023. There could be some things that, that change. But right now, uh, Kwesi Dofamensa has the Vikings position to be in the top 10 in salary cap space, available salary cap space, both in 2024 and 2025, based on like how things are going right now. And we know the past three off seasons in particular, the Vikings have always been way over the cap. We knew they were going to be way over the cap heading into the off season. They needed to cut cap space, find ways to do that, whether it be, uh, you know, restructuring contracts, cutting some guys. And we didn't, we knew that they would find a way to be active in free agency, but we knew that they, they had limitations and they, and they probably, they couldn't be, as active as maybe they would like because they had a lot of salary cap space to cut. And, and, and so the fact that Kwesi Dovamensa has them positioned for this in 2024 and 2025, I think is good news uh, because again, uh, if it'll allow us to be more flexible, even after extending Justin Jefferson and whoever else we'll have the ability, I think, looks like right, right. now to I, it's, it's not actually quite, go after guys. I don't think it's quite as fast as you might think it is because once they start doing extensions, they may have to play with money and push it out even further. But they are making a dent in that. Yes. Right? And they've got to get it out. Just like we talked just a little while ago. Daniel Hunter has dead money into, I think, the next two years because of his present contract and how they reworked that twice. So he has dead money. Anybody that has dead money is no good for the Vikings because if they play it out, we get no compensation. We get nothing except for the next year. All that dead money comes and hits at once. So if Kirk Cousins doesn't play next year, we get a $28.5 million dead cap hit on him. If I remember correctly, Justin can correct me if I do not. Um, but he's nibbling at that little by little so we have more and more room so when it comes to next season, we have more room to sign key free agents, right? And yeah. the season afterwards, key free agents. Yes, you're building up through the draft. You want all these young guys to play. But there might be that one person, say somebody gets hurt, or just that one position you haven't nailed yet. If you have the money to, you can go out and get that right guard or whoever it is, whatever position you want, because you now have enough money to play. You're not saying – Oh man, it'd be great to have the number five guard in the league, right? He's a free agent. Here's a chance. Go get him. Can we go get no? Because we still got to get twenty five million. You know, we're owed twenty five million over. Now we got to get twenty five million under. And by the time we figure out how to get under and do all that stuff, he's already gone. Mm -hmm. And what can you afford? Ah, we can afford that three million dollar. You know, little over vet minimum, dude. It's like, yeah, but is he going to, you know, move the needle? No. Yeah. So, but they're working on it, and that's that's the positive. It is. Uh, it's the positive, and we want it to be the positive. And if you have more space, you can move up Jefferson's massive contract, all those bonuses, up forward, right, and mm -hmm. knock them out so it doesn't hurt you on the backside when you know in three or four years you're going to need money then, too. So... You get it out of the way. And that's the way we used to do it. When Brez first was doing it, we had like Antoine Winfield. They gave all his bonus up front. People were like, why are you doing that? Well, we got him cheap. And later years, we picked up other free agents because we had room. Yeah, yeah. there's uh, great points, Dave. Uh, along with the 
the uh, salary cap stuff and the and the and the gradual turn you know the turnover of the roster in the past two years. Uh, the Vikings right now only have five players who are 30 years or older on the roster. So mm-hmm. we, we've gotten quite a bit younger, like Kirk Cousins, and two of them are Kirk Cousins and Andrew DiPaolo, the long snapper, uh, two positions where being over 30 uh, doesn't always portend like a huge drop-off in performance. Uh, and the other guys are Chris Reed, who's a reserve offensive lineman. Uh, you got the hitman, which you already mentioned, and then the, the other guy is Jordan, is, is Hicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's only on contract for this year. So, and of the, another thing that Seifer mentioned in, in his, his articles that of the 16 veteran players that, that Quasi Dofamensa is, is, is signed to extended contracts. Uh, the average age of those guys is, is just under 27 years old. So again, in two years, he's made, he's made the Vikings roster uh, younger, much younger, and it's cheaper. Uh, and he's got us positioned, uh, I think, to be uh, cap-wise, to be you know free agency-wise, to be you're in a good position to sign the the cornerstones that you need, as well as maybe get key guys in free agency that can help with the competitive rebuild. Um, now, again, uh, that this is not uh, <clears throat> will it work? Again, will it work? I that's a good question. It worked last year. Uh, that was just one year, but I, I do expect that the Vikings, they went 13 and four last year. I do expect them record wise to take a step back. I don't know what that will be exactly, but very few teams go 13 and four two years in a row. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, but I think that, I think that this is what Quasi Adolfo Mensa is doing is, is pretty smart and he's not, and that he's, We'll see, and particularly in 2024 and 2025, what that whole vision is and what kind of players he's bringing in and what he's willing to live with uh, salary cap-wise and how he's going to structure the roster, who's going to make the big money and who isn't. And whether that works to get us to this first Super Bowl since 1976, because like you said earlier, Dave, the previous approach was not working. Uh, It only got us to two NFC Championship games in – over 20 years the previous approach work is basically the same thing when zimmer took over he went younger right Mm -hmm. he got way young and he trained those guys up and they started to come up and we had 2015 and but for a missed kick and 2016 things started to fall apart 2017 was woo you know down the roller coaster this is fun let's do this and then and then 2018, once we got Kirk Cousins, you know, everybody thought, yes, we were a quarterback away. Now we got the quarterback. Let's go. And then it went. And everybody, you know, they tried pushing out. Players were older by that time. They were in their second. You know, contracts are better. You got to have Zimmer. I got to have my boy, you know. Yeah. Got to have Barr. Got to sign him, you know, and all these re signings. And then suddenly, you went from a young, aspiring team that was full of upcomers and playing well and trained well to suddenly the team got older and there was more pressure and you had a head coach that didn't get along with his quarterback and it just went spiral downhill. And the head coach didn't get along with his, you know, GM at that time. Something switched there and it went to, you know, down the tubes and it just, it just, it, you know, and you ended up where we were and everybody gets fired and now we're starting on that all over again but it's a good thing to start over and let's keep it going 
and keep it doing that so we can aim for that trophy that's sitting over there on the screen. That's that true. And never hoisted. Never see, hoisted. But the, the, the uh, this in there, his team has hoisted it a few times. Unfortunately, they have. Mm-hmm. They have. But the, the, when you, like, one thing I wanted to mention, Dave, I didn't get a chance to, uh, I forgot about it, was like the whole, you know, people, when Quasi Dovamensa became GM after a disappointing eight and nine season, a couple of disappointing seasons, there's a lot of people, including myself, who are like, yeah, it's time to like, rebuild like tear things down strip you know get rid of everybody and and, and get high draft picks and get lots of cal- salary cap space and, and give quasi dofamenta free reign to to you know totally remake the roster but of course there's no guarantee that that will work uh and you can and then you you know and we'll you you get a couple of years where you suck and then maybe the, you continue to suck for <laughs> because your rebuild didn't work either so uh, and that you know, may happen but, in Chicago. It yeah, well that may happen in Chicago. Chicago. So that you know, the trying here to like, uh, yes, we're rebuilding the roster like Quasi Dofamens is doing, but yet trying to even out the low lows and not have the real low lows where you're three and fourteen or two and fifteen, like the Bears just went uh, picking on the Bears here. But but you know, hey, let's see if that works. Right, so many years, year after year after yeah. year, and. Yeah, I would. I would rather if if we can have a team that's competitive for playoffs almost all the time, but then gets to the Super Bowl and wins it because the GM is doing the right things as far as allocating money and making smart draft picks and picking free agents for good value for money. Which Quasi Dovamensa has been, you know, predicting on the free agent side. You know, he's not putting a lot of big money into any of the free agencies signed the previous in the two years. Like I am all for that. I don't want to have five seasons where we never make the playoffs and we're terrible. Uh, with and then with just the hope that you might make the Super Bowl. You know, a few years down the road, I'd rather be like in the playoff hunt all the time and. Hey, uh, and then, you know, and maybe you win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Jonathan puts up as long as we win two against Green Bay, it'll be good. There was, speaking of dead times in Minnesota Vikings history, back in the 80s, prior to Denny Green and that whole crowd, the Vikings were not good and they were bad. And there was times, and I remember being. In North Dakota, and it was, we'd have a successful season if all we did was go 2-0 and and both those wins were against the Packers. That's what we wanted. And if we got beyond that, everything was gravy. And that still applies. As long as we beat the Packers, it's like the Niners beating the Lambs. You know, they do it all the time. They own them. and But it's one of those rivalries where, your season, you can go on to you know win your division, but if you lost both games to the Rams and you're the Niners, something went wrong, right? It's something that you want to do. Or Ohio State and Michigan take a college battle. It's just you, you, you just don't do that. So, what will happen first? Niners sickness. Vikings get their first trophy, or the Niners get their sixth. Yeah, mm-hmm. good question. Niners. Niners are looking good getting their six right now before we get our first, but a lot can change in a couple of years. Yep. So that brings us to theme three. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Makai Blackman. Our rookie spotlight. Yes, we're getting down to the end of the six Vikings draft picks. We'd already featured four in previous weeks, and now we're uh, going and uh, taking a look at Makai Blackman, my fan fan view, not the scout view, but a fan view of uh, of uh, the Vikings draft picks. And, and Makai Blackman's the guy that we're we're taking a look at today. The um, and he was. People don't remember the 102nd pick in the NFL draft, the last pick in the third round for the Vikings. Um, going into the draft, of course, myself, many other draft experts. I'm not one of those, but we, we, you know, clearly cornerback was a need for the Vikings. Clearly, the Vikings we felt needed to consider a cornerback for their first pick in the first round, and a lot of us wanted them to go for a cornerback in the first round. And there were some good ones available when they came time to pick. And uh, But the Vikings, Kwesi Dofamensa, decided to go offense. He went Jordan Addison, of course, from USC also. And um, ooh, Patrick Harris does not like Makai Blackman. <laughs> begging to get him off the field. Um, Arms. Why, so, yeah. why so negative, Harms? Um, anyway, uh, but, but they... They went offense, and because they, of course, didn't have a second-round pick, uh, it, it took them until the third round and the last pick in the third round to address it, in which they picked Makai Blockman. A bit of a surprise because there were guys the Vikings picked over picked Blackman over guys that were, uh, at least from my readings, were more highly rated than Blackman. Guys like Clark Phillips III from Utah, Keely Ringo from Georgia, um, Darius Rush. Tyler Fornis's man crush from South Carolina, yeah. and, and then uh, and then uh, Kelly from Stanford. So the Vikings passed over all those guys, and some of them didn't get picked until the fourth and fifth round, uh, actually. So, uh, but the Vikings did, thought Blackman was better than those guys. And you know what did they see in Blackman that maybe others did not see? Um, per, you know, you know, one thing about Blackman is that this guy played, and this is common with. I th- all of the Vikings six draft picks is that he played a ton of college football. He actually played six years, one year in Juco and then five years in, in FBS four at Colorado. And then he transferred to USC for his fifth year. So this guy has played a ton. There's a ton of tape on him. Again, he played a ton of college football and that may be one of the reasons why uh, one of his strengths is recognizing root, root recognition. He knows what wide receivers are going to, what routes are going to run. He recognizes them quickly. He almost knows what they're going to run before they do. And I think that maybe that's partly because he played so much college football, uh, uh, you know, six years of it, Juco, 
plus, you know, uh, college with the big boys. So I think that's a real pro for Makai Blackman is his root recognition. Um, like Jay Ward last week, who we talked about the hybrid cornerback safety, uh, Makai Blackman is a guy who is versatile. He can do that multiple thing that Brian Flores covered so much. You know, he played zone. He played a lot of press man to man at, in college, also comfortable in zone. He's played outside corner, but he also has played in the slot um, in a nickel role. And that is something that, again, uh, Brian Flores really covered. So that is really plus. And not only did he play those roles, but he was versatile, but he played them well, particularly last year at USC. If you look at his production last year at USC, it was pretty, pretty good, Dave. He had like three interceptions, 12 pass defenses, which were the most on the team. And here's the best part. Only 48% of the targets thrown at him were completed. Uh, so I like that. Um, he's a feisty guy, like maybe too feisty at times, which can lead to some penalties, but he's sticky in coverage. He, he can cover guys man to man. He can turn his tip hips and stay with them. Uh, you, uh, I was watching some of the senior bowl one-on-one drills where cornerbacks are set up to fail. Tyler Fornes talks about that, like of, of a lot of the guys that they showed, and and they did fail badly on Makai Blackman really stuck to his guys. I was impressed with those one-on-one things where he's in a big disadvantage, but he held up quite well. Quasi Dofomenso was at the senior bowl. He obviously <laughs> noticed that as did the Viking scouts. So that is a, a you know, a plus um, pretty good ball skills with Makai Blackman. He is a guy that he'll make plays on the ball. He's not content to have somebody catch the pass in front of him and then rally and, and tack them, tackle them. He will make plays on the ball. He'll try to knock away passes. He's also a guy who will like, he'll contest catches. He's yes. He's, he's a bit undersized, but he'll rake at the ball at the catch point and, and create incomplete passes just by battling with the wide receiver at the catch point. So that's a plus. And the other thing is that he's a willing and aggressive tackler, even though he's undersized, what I saw when the tape that in the games I watched the, was that when he tries to tackle a guy, even though he's not as big as them, he usually gets them down. Uh, and, yeah. and that's a plus because the Vikings um, defense did not tackle very well last year. <laughs> overall uh, corners, safeties, linebackers, defensive tackles, defensive ends, you name it. Tackling was not something our defense did very well amongst a lot of other things, but well, they were told yeah. to stand back in their shell coverage yeah, and wait for the play to come to them. <sighs> and it did, and it did. <laughs> <laughs> at full speed. Um, you, you know, Blackman is an interesting guy because when you read when you watch the games, the highlights or the full games that are on YouTube, and then you read scouting reports, almost all the scouting reports say, this guy has great tape, man. I love his game. And then after that, they say, yes, and he'll be drafted in the fourth or fifth round or the sixth round, or I don't even know if he'll get drafted at all. And so like, I'm going like, okay, if you like love his tape, if you say he played great in his tape, shouldn't he be drafted higher than fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round or not drafted at all? So I, th- I think that the, a lot of the concerns are some of the, you know, some of the con- con- cons with him is like, uh, you know, his size, like he's right. about 5'11 and 180 pounds. He does tend to get boxed up by the bigger wide receivers. Uh, he's not going to get any taller. He's probably not going to get a whole lot bigger in the NFL. I'm sure he will get put on some muscle, but it's not going to be like, he's going to be 200 pounds. So th- this is, that's an issue that's not going to go away and he's going to have to figure out a way to deal with that. 
uh, at the NFL level and not get boxed out and not let bigger physical wide receivers like the DK Metcalfs or the Debo Samuels just physically manhandle him. TJ Hawkinson in training camp will physically box him out. Yeah, Uh, that's an issue. I think durability was an issue in college, and so partly because of his size, he had a fair number, not not last year, but in Colorado, he missed significant time in in a couple of the seasons. And so, uh, again, that's something you're going to the NFL. The players are bigger, stronger, faster. You are what you are. Can he stay on the field? I think that's a concern. And, you know, one of the other big things is that the last two years he had flagged 11 times for the penalties. When he gets beat, he tends to get grabby and like that's kind of his first instinct. So and that leads to penalties. And that's at the college level. At the NFL level, they call it even tighter. Uh, So he could be even more flags called on Makai Blackman if he doesn't get that cleaned up. Now, that's uh, still that's something that you can get coached up on. I think that's something that coaches can. It's a technique thing. Uh, so there's a chance that it can get cleaned up. But the other thing is that uh, I'm sure at USC and at Colorado, they're like, hey, Mackay, like, you can't be that grabby. You can't do this. I'm sure they tried to get it out of them and they weren't able to do it the last two years. So that's, a, you know, that's another concern for me. But again, maybe the I think the size and people wondering, you know, he played a lot. Of, will his skill, what he did at college, will it translate at the NFL when he gets, again, bigger i think that's why people didn't feel that he was worth a second round pick or or, you know something a little bit earlier than what he was projected at and somebody was mentioned earlier there was a deep cornerback class too there was a lot of great talent out there so maybe this is the kind of year where a guy like makai blackman picked in the third round or somebody in the fourth round still becomes a very good starter quality starter for you but because there were so many great cornerback prospects um, it's just one of those years where it's very deep and maybe in another year, Makai Blackman would have been a second round pick or an early third round pick. Um, but, uh, you know, those are the pros and cons to him. I think, you know, the, the, the thing about him was, is that what, again, what kind of impact will he have in 2023 with the Vikings? What kind of role can we expect him to have? You know, if you look at the Vikings last year, uh, Shannon Sullivan was our, our nickel guy. Um, he didn't do it. He was pretty bad at it. He hasn't been retained. Uh, good riddance to Chandon, but yeah, he's off as bad as, yeah, as bad as he was, he played 81% of the defensive snaps in 2022. Only Cameron Bynum, who played a hundred percent, Eric Kendricks and, um, I'm forgetting somebody, Patrick Peterson. They were the only guys who played more defensive snaps than Chandon Sullivan. So if you're a slot corner in the NFL these days and with the the Minnesota Vikings in the 3-4, you're a starter. And the Vikings do not have an obvious successor to Shannon Sullivan right now. Uh, We've, we talked about, um, you know, maybe Byron Murphy could go in the slot. And they've talked about Murphy inside. Well, if you're moving Murphy inside, how much are you dropping on the outside? That's right. Yeah. Who's playing on the outside? I think you'd, you know, Murphy, you'd want him on the outside because he played pretty well there last year with the Cardinals. We've heard about how Josh Metellus, the safety, how the Vikings, Brian Flores, are looking to get him on the field as much as they can and move him around and use him as a chess piece. And he's been employed in the slot in three safety looks. Again, not, hey, if it works, it works. I'm not crazy about that because Metellus is a safety. Uh, I, and you know, I feel that cornerbacks, you know, you want 
cornerbacks who are, who they're, you know, they're supposed to be the cover guys. So I prefer to have a corner, a train corner as your slot guy. And what I'm saying here is that the, again, the opportunity is there for somebody like Makai Blackman, who has played in the slot plenty at the college level and done it pretty well, that there's an opportunity there for him to, that could be, I think could be, he could be a rookie who plays a ton this year for the Minnesota Vikings where others do not because, and he'll play it in the slot. Doesn't mean he won't be an outside corner at some point in time. Again, he played that very well at, at college level as well at times. But I think this year in 2023, with the opening we have at the, at the nickel position in the slot position, Makai Blackman, uh, he, that could be where he makes his 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 uh, his money this year, where he makes his impact as a Viking, and I think that he's going to make a real run as our starting slot corner this year. We'll see how things go in training camp, but again, mini camp, he was in with the the starters uh, at least for part of that, right. and yeah, you know, don't know what to read into that, but at least the Vikings are certainly serious about getting him on the field and seeing what he can bring. Well, out of the out of OTAs and minicamp, I think the depth chart CB one will be Murphy no matter what. I think Evans is ahead on CB two. I think Blackman is right behind him at CB three, and then comes Booth at four. Yeah. So that, yeah, I that mean, doesn't yeah. include who's playing nickel. That just that's mm-hmm. the corners. With the nickels, yeah. you can add. Yeah, you could throw Blackman at nickel. You could throw Murphy at nickel, or you can bring in Metellus or Bynum or whoever at nickel, right? Because they've all come in and done that. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how Flores mixes and matches and moves these chess pieces around the board. Because I don't think it's going to be a set as we're used to. I don't think it's going to be this is my nickel. He's going to play my nickel. He's going to stand right here on the field, right. Yeah, right? and he's going to let people come to him. No, I I think this is going to be a much different from what we see and who we see gets to play it. But we'll we'll determine who how that depth chart hashes out as we get closer to the season. But you're right; it, it's interesting. And if he can if he can step up and take that job, just like you said before, I don't care if the guy's undrafted free agent, picked in the seventh round, picked in the first round. I want the best player playing. Yeah, and uh, I think Flores had also mentioned again, introductory presser about like, are you are you playing a three four? And he's like, well, who are we playing, right? Like again, maybe a certain team with bigger wide receivers or use more tight, two tight end sets. Maybe that's where Josh Metellus is the guy who's working in the slot because maybe right. they don't have as quick, quick shorter you know quick slot guys that we need a quicker cornerback to cover with they can you can use josh metellus who might be a better tackler and can handle the size a little bit better and then you get some other teams where they got brandon cooks or somebody in the slot well then then makai blackman brings in and josh metellus isn't in there or Lewisine isn't in there or exactly. whatever mm-hmm. it's instead of like always always running chandon sullivan out there no matter who is in the slot as Mary says, an interesting time for our Vikings. Always is. Always is. And that is it for today. I hope you everybody enjoyed it. I appreciate everybody there. I do want to thank Justin. He did bring up and post the dead cap hits. I'll put it up again one more time for next season. 
28-5 for Kirk, 11 for Hunter, 13-3-8 for, it just dropped off, for Harrison Smith, 6.8, or, um, 6.8 for Davenport and 3.1 for Cook. All money that if it wasn't, you know, if we didn't have them for dead cap hits, we could spend on free agents. And that's a boatload of money sitting right there just for those guys. that You're looking at what? Almost 30 for Kirk, another 11, 11. So you're looking at $50 million for those top three players. Add another six, seven, you know, another, another 10. So that's almost what? Um, 30, 50, 60 million dead? Come on. That would be enough to have some sweet free agents. And that's what yeah. that's what Quasi's building out of. Yeah, no, it's a it's a significant amount of, of scratch for sure. <laughs> well, thank everybody for showing up today. You guys have been great, especially you, Niner, for popping in. I appreciate that. And uh Niner was talking about Roadcaster. That's why I was waiting on this on Friday's daily opener for my new piece of equipment, which is a Roadcaster Duo. It's an audio interface that allows me to use uh, my new microphone, which you see here, it's a Rodecaster. Uh, this is a Procaster from Rode. And hopefully I sound a little bit better. We'll find out. You sounded great. Darren will get his this week. He'll be all decked out. And Tyler has his waiting on his front porch. Uh, but Tyler's out touching grass, as he said, out on the lake. What grass he's touching out on the lake? Uh, I'll leave that up to your imagination. <laughs> any last words there buddy uh yeah we're our last we'll be getting into our last drafty spotlight in, uh in the next show and that'll be jordan addison of course the wide receiver mm-hmm. from usc uh i was i was hoping uh, we've been lucky the past couple of weeks we've had some lsu fans on our uh, on our, you know, listening in so they could give us their take on Jake Lynn Roy and Jay Ward, but we didn't seem to have any USC fans unless Patrick is a USC fan and he obviously didn't like what he saw from Makai Blackman <laughs> playing at USC last year. Or maybe he was a Colorado fan and didn't like what he saw from Makai Blackman the four previous years. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah. Could be. Could be. Hey, that brings us tomorrow's Monday. You'll have a daily opener tomorrow morning, and then Tyler will be back for the Real Foreigner Show tomorrow night, and he has some fun things planned. I think tomorrow night is where he brings all of the Vikings Wire staff. They have a free-for-all tomorrow night. That's going to be fun to watch. So I highly encourage everybody to do that. Like I said at the beginning, we want to wish everybody a happy Father's Day Hope you are enjoying it for those that are fathers or had a father like Mary. I know she misses hers dearly. With that, what do we say, buddy? We say Skull Vikings, baby. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And rate us on your favorite podcast aggregator. Darren and Dave, thank you for watching this episode of Two Old Bloggers. We look forward to seeing you on every show on the new Vikings First and Skull. You can find our podcasts as part of the Fans First Sports Network. Sports takes for the fan, from the fan. Skull, everybody! Skull!